Are there any tweaks the Charlotte Hornets can make to their offense? That was brutal this weekend, just like it was the first couple of games without LaMelo Ball. We'll do that, plus play a game of staying or clanging all today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. I'm Walker Mail. Find me on WFNZ from 12 to 3 and that's Doug Branson find his Substack every hornet's box score on every hornetsboxscore.com and you can also listen to him laugh at me for I think like the first 30 seconds we're into the show for some no, reason no, no. I, I wasn't I'm sorry I wasn't laughing at you sometimes mm-hmm. I don't listen to you a lot when you're talking right so I'm I'm just mm-hmm. really just thinking about things that I'm I'm thinking about and so what I was doing I wasn't laughing at you I was laughing because I was looking at the camera and I thought to myself, well, I feel taller today. And then I realized it's because I'm wearing tennis shoes. And typically when I do the show, I don't wear, I don't wear socks. I don't wear shoes. I mm-hmm. mean, you're lucky if I'm wearing pants because you don't see me from the waist down. But anyway, I'm wearing tennis shoes today. And I was like, wow, I feel taller. It is weird because there are so many times where I want to figure out what pants I need to wear, but you can't see. You have zero clue what kind of pants mm-hmm. I'm wearing. You just I mean, have to guess. I'm not even going to tell you. You just have to guess if I'm wearing pants or if I'm not. Pantsin or be, not pantsin. I might be wearing the B costume under this and have a little stanger out back there. You don't know. You can't <laughs> see. You can't see whatsoever. All you can see is the shirt and the hair. So I'll take care of the hat. If not, I'll put the product in it. I'll put on a nice shirt and then we're ready to go. But Doug is telling you he's even got shoes on today. So this must be a big episode. I don't know why this weekend didn't necessarily call for it because it was a brutal weekend. (laughs) We we all knew it. This offense is going to be tough, Doug. It's it's really hard to try to manufacture offense with this team not having LaMelo ball. The first game we saw without LaMelo in full was against Phoenix, but they're a really good defensive team. They just had Kevin Durant. They only scored 91 points against Orlando, 106. At least they got to the century mark and against Brooklyn just last night on the road, they lost 102 to 86. And it's just really tough offensively. You think there are some problems, though, outside of just not having LaMelo Ball, that there are some other things to point to. Well, yeah, because I, th- I, could, I think it's fair to ask, you know, what's changed? Because they've been without LaMelo Ball a lot this season. And they were without him for a vast majority of the beginning of this regular season. And they weren't this bad offensively. I mean, you can point to a game against the Chicago Bulls when they they barely scored I don't I think they scored 88 they didn't even score 90 points so there were some outlier type games when they played really good defensive teams but generally they were competent offensively Walker for the past couple of games they have not even been competent offensively so I guess the question is yeah obviously you know LaMelo being out is going to hurt your offense but what has changed to make them dramatically worse at offense And I think it's a couple of things. They've been missing P.J. Washington, but he comes back. I guess it's going to take him a little time, but he's come back. He looked bouncy, but he was also shooting poorly. He finished 3 of 11 from the field. So I don't think he dramatically changes the calculus of the offense. 
the ball's just not moving. It's sticking in the hands of Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre. And I think the big difference between now and then, well, there's two differences. Number one is that this, there really are no more stakes, right? I mean, you're not you're really not playing for anything. You're trying to play well, but you're not you're not playing for anything like a, you know a play in run or anything like that. The second change is that you're not starting Dennis Smith Jr. And I think that's what I've been digging in the past couple of of games is like. I think starting DSJ would fix a lot of these problems because, you know, the ball, because really the ball is sticking in the hands of Rozier and Kelly Oubre right now, and it's not going to the second side of the floor. Yeah. So you're saying they need a point guard, is what you're saying, right? Because Dennis Smith Jr. is the point guard and LaMelo is the point guard, and they are not starting Dennis Smith Jr., and they don't have LaMelo's availability. That's what it is. Right. And I thought that with PJ coming back, you get a little bit more offense. You trade that for JT Thor, who was just just not shooting the ball well. I mean, you know, he does I'm, He does a lot of things, and Clifford makes sure to mention that Thor does a lot of things that just sort of make, you know, the defense work and make the team play a little bit better, but shooting is not one of them. So you get a little bit more offense back on the floor with P.J. I thought that would mean that you would have license then to move DSJ into the starting lineup because he's getting plenty of minutes. It's not about DSJ not getting enough minutes, but it's how you start these games. I mean, they, they, they were totally incompetent offensively to start both of these contests. And then as soon as DSJ gets on the floor, you know, he's throwing lobs up to Mark Williams. He's making nice passes. He's not shooting the ball well either, but at least he gets your offense moving. Yeah, and you mentioned the slow starts, by the way. that That's exactly what Steve Clifford talked about against Phoenix. You saw it again against the Brooklyn Nets in this game. I want to see the first quarter outcome against the Orlando Magic. Uh, yeah, they lost 31-26. I mean, just a five-point deficit there. But, but the other two games I mentioned did have some pretty slow starts. And you're right. Dennis Smith Jr., six assists in each of his last three games. I believe there was a seven-assist total in the game he played before the three-game stretch of six assists. We know that this is someone that has had that ability all year, right? Like, if you look at his assist numbers off of the bench, they've been good. The shooting, it dramatically declined after a, a nice start at the beginning. He was also injured, and so when he came back from his injury, Dennis Smith Jr.'s shot never really did. If he's going to have a nice scoring game, it's going to be him driving. It's going to be him getting to the rack, maybe even putting a, a few nice dunks on you. But that's what DSJ can do. The other part about this, Doug, is – It's all about Mark Williams. If you are one Hornet fan that believes everything post LaMelo injury is all about Mark Williams, that means Dennis Smith Jr. has to be playing with Mark as much as any player on the Hornets roster. And you should be thinking that, honestly, and the team should be thinking that because I don't think that there's any indication that that they're really going to get to any kind of competent level with Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre as your starting backcourt. I just think we figured that out now. I mean, that's just and so, zero ball movement. I mean, it's right. just what it is. Right. It is just what it is. And so I think DSJ is part of it, but also like, what about Teo Maladone? Yeah. I mean, remember him? Remember that name? I mean, he was oh, a guy yeah. that came in early in the season and surprised a lot of people <laughs> and, and played competently uh, as a point guard and was able to distribute, knock down some threes occasionally. And we just, we, uh, Theo Maladone is Theo Maladone gone. And we don't know where he is. And I wish they'd bring him back because I think they could use his ball movement right now. Yeah, he, w- he was gone as quick as he came in. The Rapid A song just, it also exemplifies oh, man. how fast he The Rapid he A song, the quick five from Teo. Teo. Gone, gone so fast. Go. 
Come on, bring it back. Why not? No, he was he was fun. He was fun. Everybody loved him as soon as it started. And now I think he was one of the guys on a two-way contract, too. And I think you do have some obligation to fulfill in Greensboro. And so don't know what that time is. I know they had to convert the contract for Bryce McGowan's out of a two-way. They got that done. So I don't know what happened with Teo. But you're right. Maybe you could have some facilitating off of the bench. Rather it, uh, be just Dennis Smith Jr., the only facilitator really off of the bench who's not even starting. And and we'll get to, we'll get to it because it's in the second segment because it's part of my staying in a clanging, but Mark Williams can't be like your best distributor <laughs> in your starting lineup. Like it's crazy. <laughs> like Mark Williams can't uh, be your best passer. He should be being passed to, not the other way around. Yeah, that's a glass half full, half empty thing. It's like, oh, that's great. He's really improving as a passer. But man, we've also had backcourt players in the league for seven, eight years. So, you know, Mark Williams probably should not be that. But the passing is there. I, I do think the, the the improvement is pretty visible from Mark there. Walker, one more thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've been saying, you know, start DSJ because we're saying these things because I think you and I both think it is important for Mark Williams' development, but also the development of a team that's largely going to be the same team we see next year with maybe a few tweaks around the edges. It's important for them to play well and then use that as a springboard into next season. Okay? But, but, if they did want to sneak tank, I mean, this would, this is the way for the Mandalorian, right? This is the way. If, if Clifford wanted to sneak tank, you say, look, I'm playing my veterans. I'm playing the best five players that I have to play. What do you want from me? And you sneak tank. Uh, yeah, the, the problem is, I don't know if there's any other way to not tank, right? Like, even <laughs> the thing is, it looks a lot better. The offense can score a little more, but they're still tanking with Dennis Smith Jr. starting the game. But you're well, right. It's, it's, I don't it's know if you watched my, I don't know if you watched my Friday recap episode, but I mentioned that Clifford almost every press conference is lowering the bar. First it was, look, we're not going to go out there and score 135, all right? And then the next game it was, look, we're not going to we're not a team that can go out and score 125. And let me just say, Steve, I see you, yeah. I hear you, I appreciate you because I'm all about lowering the bar, baby. You just sneak it in there. You say, look, you know, I'm going to do uh, you know, I'm going to be here for five shows a week. And then and then I'm like, Walker, I got to take a day off, but don't worry, it'll be the last one I take. And then suddenly I'm taking three days off a week. I hear you, Clifford. I see you. I love your game. There you go. All right. That is the one Steve Clifford now lowering the bar. Uh, we're going to lower the bar as the show goes on <laughs> as well. That's what we're going to try to do so we can reach it and reach our goals. Coming up next, Locked on Hornets. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We're going to discuss staying in her clang, and we got another game. I uh, don't know how many things. I think we got four of them, and then I'll include a couple here. But Mark right. Williams, staying in her clanging. And uh, we also have an addition from Doug going to a kid's birthday party. So stick around and listen to all of that. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. You can pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And there's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. They offer projections on really any sport that you watch that includes the big three the nba nfl and mlb it also includes men's and women's college basketball even euro basketball disc golf soccer esports nascar all that good stuff entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy you also have safe and fast withdrawals and they're currently operational in over 30 states and even canada so download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users 
can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks gives you 100. If you deposit 50, they give you 50. You get the idea by now. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. More locked on Hornets coming up next. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah. Excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's logging in. Very good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Staying in or clanging weekend edition. I mean, staying in or clanging really is just a title of any game we want to play these days. We're just going to throw a bunch of topics at you. We like it so much. We copy, we paste it, we play. That's how it works. Weekend edition leading off as I tease going into the break here, Doug. Mark Williams. Week is it just the two games that he played this weekend, or are you just talking about him ever since he entered the starting rotation or the starting lineup? I should say. How are you? Like, what what kind of timeline are you looking at on whether Mark has been staying in or playing? I mean, whatever. Honestly, there are no rules to this game. You make up the rules as you True. go along. I'm going to hold it just to this weekend, and but I'll, I'll still say that he's staying in. I still mm-hmm. think that he reaches the level of staying in at this point because he's consistently putting up. Uh, double-digit rebound numbers, and he can easily go out there and score 10 points now, which, you know, if you do the math there, beep, boop, 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 boop. That means he's a solid double-double right now. <laughs> like, I mean, and, you know, on a, on a team that's really struggling for consistency, he has been a model of it. Now, you know, a lot of what he's been doing has been, you know, janitorial services, cleaning up other people's messes. But that's not his fault. That's that's because he needs to be distributed to. This is not a guy that you work the ball to and he he works a bunch of magic on his own. No, they've got to get him more involved in the pick and roll. But that means playing him with players that can actually actually execute on that pick and roll and care about getting him going. Uh, so I, I think he's been staying. And now his unfortunately against Brooklyn, uh, his block streak ended at 11. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was one of the active leaders with Mitchell Robinson for consecutive games with a block that unfortunately ended. He did get credited with a steal. This is funny. He didn't do a lot, a ton of recapping of the Hornets nets game other than diagnosing what their ultimate problem was. But uh, the Hornets did not record a block or steal until like the five minute mark of the third quarter. And that was Mark Steele. But anyway, um, Stangin, Mark Williams. Yeah. Just letting the net score everywhere. It reminds me a little bit of summer league Doug for Mark when we were discussing he might actually be better offensively when he makes it to the big leagues and he actually plays with LaMelo because you have a better point guard and remember how we had the Jalen Crutcher Tyshawn Alexander whatever it, it you weren't dealing with a lot of fantastic point guards Mitch Kupchak took a lot of heat for that when he assembled the summer league team and we thought the offense might come a little better for Mark Williams once he plays for the Charlotte Hornets. Now, it took a while also to enter the rotation, but now here you are again. No, you are not dealing with the players that I just mentioned. You're still dealing with Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre. That is better, but you're also not having – you just don't have the guys that create opportunities for you nearly as much. I mean, the pick mm-hmm. and pop 
it's really Gordon Hayward that can help you out as much as anybody as a ball handler in the pick and roll who isn't Dennis Smith Jr. And you might be relying on some jump shots there just to create some offense if you are also not grabbing offensive uh, rebounds. So that's the way that Mark Williams is able to manufacture offense. Next one on the list here, Doug. MLS soccer on Apple TV Plus. Stangin' or clangin'? Oh man, it's staying and I'm gonna I'm gonna I know it's a strange thing to bring up here, but I'm gonna sort of bring it back to at least the NBA. Uh so this weekend uh, I decided, all right, look, uh summer's coming up, basketball is ending, it's gonna end sooner than I'd like it to for the Charlotte Hornets. April 9th looks to be the last time we'll get to see the Hornets until uh, you know, next September or October. So uh I I wanted to pick up a sport uh that I could watch casually. Uh, and I, I've kind of weaned myself off of the NFL for a number of reasons that we don't have to get into on this show. Uh, but <laughs> no, so I decided, yeah. Well, yeah, it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> so I decided to take a look at old soccer. Soccer's always sitting there. I watched the World Cup. I got excited about the World Cup. Uh, and Apple TV Plus is doing this whole thing where you sign up. It's really easy. And then you get all access to all the games. And, and I didn't even know this when I signed up until I looked at the, all the schedule. But they, like, play once a week. I'm like, yes, this is an investment that a 30-something dad who doesn't go out anymore can really get behind. I need just the once-a-week hit of sports. The clock doesn't stop. I'm totally into it. But the whole experience of, like, signing up and then I watched the games, and it, it was just so clean and wonderful, and everything worked. And I'm just like, man... I wish my Hornets experience was like this because I watched the Nashville game. I watched a little bit of the Charlotte game. I was like, man, I wish my NBA Hornets experience could be like this. And this all has to do with sort of the death of the RSNs. It is in, it is uh, coming. They are going bankrupt. And it, it couldn't come sooner, honestly, because um, I'm sure all of the people that have jobs with the RSN are going to get picked up by the NBA or whatever streaming service decides to take over these NBA rights at some point. Uh, but the RSN model doesn't work. It's a horrible viewing experience. It's bad for the customer. And I can't wait until the NBA gets involved with the streaming service or creates their own streaming service, fixes League Pass, and we all get to watch NBA like it was meant to be watched. All right, now, there's two questions, though, because MLS, they play a long time. They play a yeah. large portion of the year. Is yeah. that a sell? Is that a benefit? Or is that a detriment that you have to stay invested only once a week, for sure, but you do have to stay invested a lot longer than you would say an NFL season that is not nearly as long. Yeah, I'm not certain. I'll report back on okay. that. I really don't know what Thank I'm you. getting into, honestly, but I've paid <laughs> for the season. I went ahead and paid straight up and I said, all right, I'm going to get involved here. I'm going to see what this is all about. Uh, yeah, but I think they, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they stop and play some tournaments. I don't know. Listen, soccer's weird. I know that, uh, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna hang around and see what this whole deal is about. I'm gonna keep. I'm, I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee, so I'm gonna probably follow the local team because we can go to games, and I think that's just gonna make me like stick with this thing a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I've got, you know, the kiddo, and I think that could be fun. But I'm gonna keep one eye on old Ch CFC on Charlotte football club or whatever it is so i'm gonna keep my eye on it. i'm gonna figure this whole thing out okay good i promise i'm not trying to dominate the show with soccer but i do think one cool feature that i saw now i i do not subscribe but i i did see one um one feature they have is that you can choose to listen to the radio broadcast as you're watching the game which i think is an awesome feature you don't have to do it you just give the customer the freedom to do so if you applied this to the hornets then nobody is clicking off of Eric Collins. Well, that's not true. Somewhat polarizing, but most people love him. But 
I just think that's an awesome idea. And then in the Steve Martin days, that would have been fantastic just to listen to Steve whenever you wanted to and then go yeah. back and forth. I just it's a cool feature. Do what you want. But I just like the option. there. OK, well, two things on that. Number one, I I think it is a cool option, but I think the main studio teams have the better accents. So I like listening to the accents, the well, Scottish accents, the British the accents. accents. No. Yeah. Right. And so I'm not going to listen. You know, national radio guys, I appreciate you. I hear you. I see you. But I want to hear the accents when I'm listening to soccer. Honestly, it makes it makes the whole experience for me to, to hear somebody uh, yell out goal in a Scottish accent. OK, hey, so that's number listen- one. If you want to listen to Charlotte FC, just real quickly, Willie P, American, but Jessica Charman, she is from England, so you get a little <laughs> bit of both. You get the best right. of both worlds there. Charlotte FC, represent. Well, the se- I actually have three things now. The second thing is that the radio teams, it, it appears uh, you can only listen to the home radio team, and, and I imagine there's some away travel expense maybe that is not uh, really applicable to MLS, so I don't know what's going on there. The third thing is that the NBA and the league pass – actually do allow you now if you pay for the premium. So this is the whole problem. Like MLS, soccer, Apple TV, it's one fee and you get everything. That's what I want. So this premium thing on League Pass does allow you to watch the studio broadcast of the Hornets. Uh, Again, you can't obviously blackouts are a thing in the NBA. They're not an MLS. That needs to change as well. Uh, but if if you're like me and you're away from Charlotte, you can watch the studio feed, meaning you can watch pregame, postgame, the fast break that they do in between the third and the fourth quarter. You get it all. And you're, you know, so that's that is something that at least it seems like everything is moving towards, I think, this Apple TV plus like experience. It's just taking forever to get there because you have to unwind all of these legacy media, you know, BS that has been created over the years. All right, that was our soccer. Uh, we really could go to the last segment. That was our soccer edition of the show. Let's so go. Far. Rapid fire. Stanger yeah, Klingon. Here we go. Uh, Kelly Oubre, Stanger Klingon. You tell Klingon. me. I mean, he was staying. Well, he was staying against, you know, Orlando, but they still lost, uh, knocking down shots. But, <clears throat> you know, ultimately, it's just, it's not his fault. I, I, I really want him to be on the bench because you look at that first quarter against Brooklyn, zero bench points. They missed all the bench, oh, yeah, missed all bench. seven oh. shots. They need Kelly Oubre coming in at the end of the first quarter to help out their offense in terms of just shooting the basketball. Uh, but he was clanging in that game against the Nets. Well, I mean, yeah. And and even when LaMelo went out, 38 minutes, 41-35, compared to the 23-22-28 he played when he returned in that Minnesota game, that's LaMelo being out. That's Kelly also just getting back in the swing of things post-injury. He did throw up 24 shots against Phoenix, right? And that was kind of their offensive identity was, hey, Terry, hey, Kelly, throw up all the shots in the world. But having no LaMelo, that's something that allows for that to happen. All right, last one here. Um, you had really good bagels at a kid's oh, birthday man, party. Yeah. Really good bagels. Sounds like it's staying to me. It's, it's amazing. It's staying it. Absolutely. Look, I, it, so I go to a kid's birthday party and I expect like some cake, maybe a few like, you know, maybe some chips or something and maybe some small sandwiches. I don't know. I just don't associate like a great food experience with my, with a kid's birthday party. Uh, I, you know, I'm thinking like sheet cake from the teat from Harris Teeter, you know, and this was not that. I get I get there and they've got these bagels, amazing New York style bagels, and I'm just like, yes. Why don't more people do this? Is it, it the bagels are relatively affordable? This is not you know you, you're not priced out of this kind of thing. 
and they were amazing. You had a selection of cream cheeses, options. I love options. Mm-hmm. Bagels, really great bagels at a kid's birthday party. It was a, it was something that I, again, I don't associate the two things. Kind of came out of left field, and I loved it. Stang it. Okay, there, I mean that's a great one. That is an excellent dismount to stang it or clang it. You know what else would be good at a kid's birthday party? Coming up next on Locked On Hornets. <laughs> don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll finish out the show with a great Steve Clifford soundbite. But would be great at a kid's birthday party. They're built bars. That's right. This episode is brought to you by built bars. And if you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all of the fat and the calories, then you got to try a built bar. They just got through the holidays. I know a lot of people have. I know my goal since then has been to eat a little healthier, but I don't like sacrificing tastes. I don't like sacrificing desserts in my life. I love dessert. I love candy. And built bar allows you to feel like you're eating that while also having something low in fiber, or excuse me, low in calories, low in sugar, high in fiber high in protein, they're healthy for you, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. There's so many different great flavors, and what you can do is you can head to the nearest Walmart today, you can walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a Built Bar box of four bars. If Don't you want to get more than run, that, run, yeah, sprint to the pharmacy section. Sprint. If they, allow, if they allow you to ride your bike in there, do that so you can get there faster. Take if a moped so into the Walmart and go to the pharmacy section. Crash into the entrance of your lo- local Walmart and then make sure you pull up right to the Built Bar section and then reach out the window and grab a four-bar box. If you want to go to Sam Club, Sam's Club, that is, <laughs> and run in and grab a 13-bar box. It's his club. Do, do that as well. There's multiple Sam's in that club. So if you want to go to Sam's Club, then do that and get a 13-bar box. Or if you don't want to leave, that's fine as well. Just go to Built.com, B-U-I-L-T, Built.com, and grab a box there. Um, fantastic flavors all across the board, covered in 100% real chocolate. One more segment to go. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. Adam Silver had Ahmad Rashad up on stage, and he used his phone to like body scan Ahmad Rashad, and then they like inserted a, like a digital version of Ahmad Rashad into the highlight. And wow. so I'm looking at this and going, just fix my league pass. I don't want to be in a highlight. I would just like to actually watch the highlight without my application logging me out, freezing, dropping all of the time. Fix my league pass before you insert me in the game, please, and thank you. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We have a, we have another addition to Stangin' or Clangin'. You wanted to mention real quick, Doug, you thought of a Stangin'. Well, I just have to say, like, you know, Stangin', our respiratory systems, right? I mean, you and I, I feel like we're essentially phlegm-free. Uh, we've been phlegm-full over the Not past couple of weeks. I, my energy level is all the way back to 100%. In fact, I think it's rubber banded. I'm at like 120% right now. I'm ready to go. I just want to tell all the fans out there, I'm back, baby. Yeah, you, you are. <laughs> and, and it's nice to have because as long as we record in the morning, I'm. it's just not my time of thriving, Doug. The, the morning, that's just how it is. But this is what we do to make the show go on. And when you hear me at noon from 12 to 3, that's when I got a little bit more of a pep in my step. Wow. But in the morning, it's just tough. And that's why I've already got a really low voice. And so when it's in the morning and you add a little phlegm sprinkles on there, 
that's when it gets real tough to just fight through and and talk well, I mean, flim sounds, flakes flim yeah, flakes. little flim flakes for you yeah get your bowl today i mean we're serving them up here on the lockdown hornets podcast it's real brutal and so it sounds deadpan all the time i just i need to get more life i need to i've tried caffeine i've tried everything trying to just the morning it look it's just not my time to thrive that's just how it is some people can some people can't doug you are one of those people that can't Yep. That's how it is. And we can move on. And that's great. Yeah. See that I bring up bad points. Let's go. Let's go to Steve Clifford, who can make it work anywhere, man. Let's listen to him. Talk about defense. Nikias Duncan, great basketball writer, really covers the heat, but covers everybody in the association. He asked a question about defense that got Steve Clifford excited, right? He likes talking basketball. Totally agree with his tweet when he says he's one of the more candid coaches in all of the NBA Love hearing Steve Clifford talk. He gets excited at the podium, actually, if you want to dive a little bit deeper than the normal surface-level questions. And here he is talking about where defense is headed as the NBA continues to just be a force offensively. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because one of the things that's changed is what you said. Really, the offenses having, uh, have become simpler. What we do is we just play better offensive players. You know, we play less size, more skill, more shot making, more shot creation. Uh, it used to be even six, seven years ago, you know, the differences in offense within the league was dramatic. You know, um, if you played a Pops team was a lot different than Doc's team or Spo's team. And now, to be honest, everybody plays pretty much the same way. I mean, it's about pace. Um, we run the same sets. Um, everybody has different names, but there's not a lot of difference. You know, Miami's a little different with what they do. Golden State's unique because they play a lot better without the ball than everybody else does. But for the most part, you're not nearly as challenged uh, defensively to make adjustments in terms of game planning from day to day. You have to be able to have better principles. I, for me, I think that and we haven't been good defensively, but to me, <laughs> is you have to be more aggressive. I just don't think you can sit back like you used to. You know, even five or six years ago, if you got back on defense, if you didn't foul, and if you could rebound, um, you're good to go. You know, unless your pick and roll defenses and stuff were terrible. Now, when you play a team like tonight, with the amount of space they have on the floor to play, to me, you can't sit back in a hole and hope they miss, you know. You've got to have ways to double team. You have to have ways to take the ball out of Devin's hands, Chris's hands, Kevin's hands. Most teams don't have three of them. Um, and then you have to be good with your principles too. If you wanted to look at it, there's, I think, two of the top seven defensive teams right now that if you look at their coverages and stuff, they're not good. But they're great at same thing. They don't give up fast break points. They rebound the ball and they don't foul. This still that part remains the same. I just think there's more to it now. You've got to be aggressive. That's where I think too, for me. And we started to do it a little bit, but I think the use of the zone is going to continue to grow in our league too. There you All go. Right, so there's a <laughs> school. The, the we, we just went to school right there. We just went to school. We did, well, and it's that's what's awesome about talking with Steve Clifford. I was, you know, teasing it that way, but Nikias feels the same way. That that's what you want as a media member. You want to dive into the basketball brain. You don't want to get the cliche stuff. And I know 
uh, there's a lot of training that goes into just giving you the cliche stuff. But Steve Clifford, he likes talking about that. And that was true during his first stint. That's been true here. And if you ask a little bit more of an insightful question, if you if you dig into the weeds just a little bit, I, I asked him about Gordon Hayward's pick and roll ball handling now that LaMelo's out and then working with Mark Williams. And then he went into the importance of how pick and roll dominates the league today. And if you have the good numbers and he went into some of the numbers with the Hornets team and he just went, you know, extreme, extreme depth there with the uh, with the defense. What did you make of that soundbite from Steve? I think it's all interesting stuff. I mean, we've seen him go to the zone a few times this season, and I was super surprised. I didn't think that that was something that we would see from Steve Clifford, but he's obviously evolving uh, his mindset uh, even from that first stint in Charlotte. I mean, he's mentioned the game has changed significantly since he was here the last time when he led uh, one of those teams uh, to, well, well, two of those teams to the first round, if you include the Bobcats. And so... You know, I think that's that's a good thing to hear that Steve Clifford's evolving his defensive mindset. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, I think he's right. There's not a ton of size on the floor anymore. It is a lot of skill. I think the problem with the Hornets is that they don't have a lot of size and they're not physical. It's one thing before this Nets game that he was he was really calling out as like, we need to be more physical. You can You can still be a smaller team and, and get your hands dirty, and the Nets were willing to do that early in this game. And the Hornets were not, and they suffered because of it. Uh, but yeah, you're seeing. I mean, if you look at these games, you can see uh, Clifford trying to install some some different coverages, some different double teams. I was surprised they, you know, after Mikael Bridges went <laughs> night of nine to start the game, I was surprised they didn't throw a couple at him. But you go back to that Phoenix game, and they were just like, "Look, all right, we're gonna take away, we're gonna try to take away Devin Booker every time he touches the ball, double team." And then what do you do out of that double team? How do you react whenever the Hornets double the Nets? The Nets was just so good at moving the ball; like it was, it was beautiful to watch, mm-hmm. but also made me angry to watch how good the Nets were because when you would trap them, even when the Hornets played good defense and and rotated out of that trap, the Nets would still th- their passes were so clean and so quick, the decisions were so quick that uh, they had open threes all over the floor. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's interesting. No, it is. And listening to Steve Clifford talk about that, I mean, it's, it's real cool just to dive a little bit deeper into some of the thoughts of Steve Clifford. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's like also, hey, Cliff, there's a whole cottage industry out there about making all of this NBA offensive stuff hard with the terminology and stuff and like making it seem like it's like calculus. So I'm sure a lot of those people are like, Steve, Steve, my man, my man, (laughs) like ease up on saying like everybody does the same thing and it's all easy and it's all name changes. You know, we're trying to be out here and confusing people when honestly, you know, with the, with the way that guys play offense today. Yeah. I'm sure there's, there obviously is strategy and you're wanting to move the ball in certain directions and do certain things. And what do you do out of this pick? And, you know, how do you, how do you read and react? But so much of the read and react, I think, is not on the clipboard. So the read and react oh, is yeah. like the point guard. All right, you have one action to set up the play, and then the point guard is looking and saying, all right, here are my three options now. Now that this thing is developed, now because the defender did this, took one, you know, Jeremy Lin used to talk about this when, uh, when he was here, you know, just one guy taking a half step back instead of forward you know, for LaMelo, they can see that slower than we can see it. And then they go, all right, what does that mean? And you're running all of these things in your mind. That That's the interesting part about, I think, how offenses, because they've become so fast that so much more of the offensive strategy is now landing on your point guard than on your coach. And 
point guard, and I think that's good for the Hornets if they decide to stick with Steve Clifford, because I think even back in his first stint, he relies a lot on his point guard, then Kemba, now LaMelo, to execute a lot of the offense. And the problem now is he's relying on Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre to do that. And, you know, that's not fair, honestly, because uh, Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre shouldn't be doing that. So, honestly, I would say, Steve, maybe rely on DSJ a little bit more. (laughs) All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for joining us, making us your first listen once again. Have a great rest of your day. 